Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in to the Football Betting Podcast. This is our Euro 2020 special. I'm your host Tom Pipkin and as ever I'm joined by my co-host Tom Walker. Hi guys, welcome to the show. I've I've got Euro fever Tom. I've been chomping at the bit to do this show and yeah. I cannot wait to preview a tournament that we've been waiting, what, 18 months for due to the cancellation? Oh. Absolutely. So uh, COVID fever has been overtaken by Euro fever now, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're delighted once again to have our friends at SpreadX sponsor the show today. SpreadX are the market leaders in sports spread betting and also fixed odds betting. They've got 20 years of experience in the betting market. So go to SpreadX.com to check that out. Uh, all the odds we read out on the show today are going to be taken from SpreadX. So potentially some markets we are going to read, um, you may only find on SpreadX's website. So yeah, please do check that out. Yeah, really grateful for their support. Thank you once again. Yeah, we've got a really exciting show uh, for everyone today. So Tom's going to go through the schedule, but it's important to to put out there what we're going to be doing over the Euros. So obviously being a podcast and having a tournament that has games every single day for the beginning at least and we're going to be doing two shows so we're going to be doing today's show which is a big euro preview looking at every team looking at every group top scorers outrights etc and then we are going to do daily twitter tips on our twitter page so t underscore fb podcast is the place to be for daily tips and then we're going to do a a knockout preview. So once the group stage has finished, we'll be doing a preview all the way up to the winners of Euro 2020. Yes. Yeah, so as you mentioned, a packed lineup for today's show. Yeah, ready to get started, Tom. Um, where do you want to begin, my friend? Let's go right in. Who's going to win Oof. Euro 2020? We're not messing around today. <laughs> no, We've got we're... a lot to get through. <laughs> and we're going to go straight in. <laughs> We're going to go straight in for the biggest question on everybody's lips. Um, <laughs> well, as Tom mentioned, we're going to take everything from uh, SpreadX in terms of our odds. So I'm just going to read you at the time of recording kind of the top six uh, favourites. So France and England, joint favourites at 9-2. to two. Belgium, 6-1. to one. Spain, 15-2. to two. Germany, 8-1. to one. Portugal and Italy, nine to one and then you've got countries like the Netherlands, Denmark, Croatia, Turkey, etc. etc. So Tom, I'm gonna let you lead with this and you know give me who you think's gonna win it, maybe someone who is not a favourite but a dark horse and someone of value. Okay, so what I did um last night is I went on the Euro twenty twenty official app, I think it was. And you can you can predict essentially the whole tournament. I don't know if you've seen this or if you're listening, it's pretty cool. So you pick who you think is going to win each group, who's going to finish runner-up, third, fourth, etc. Then you pick out of those teams. It will tell you who plays each other in the round of 16. Then you pick your winners. Then you pick winners from the quarters, etc., etc. So mm. so I did the, I mapped out essentially the whole tournament on the app, um, and it ended up for me. And I um I'm pretty happy with this. I think this got a good chance of coming in obviously it's France I had down to win the tournament uh 9-2 the favourites so yeah and I had Portugal coming in as runners-up 
obviously nine to one, which you just read out for Portugal. Portugal also nine to two to make the final. France currently holds of the World Cup. As I'm sure we all know, Portugal currently the reigning European champions. I just think in in France's case in particular, you've got a lot of quality in their squad all over the pitch. Now you look at you look at some squads, you know, like England, for example, you think, yeah, in attack we're fantastic, but potentially a bit light in midfield and in defence, uh, aside from right back. But I feel like I look at France's squad and there's this quality in every single position. Um, and we've seen that's taken them through to World Cup glory. Uh, and I think once again, we can see that's going to take them through to Euros glory. Um, bolstered by the reintroduction of Karim Benzema as well. You know, Benzema and the form that he's in it really adds that kind of prolificacy up front. You know, Benzema up front, partnered with potentially Mbappe on one wing, uh, maybe Griezmann on the other wing, Dembélé potentially uh, instead of Griezmann. Yeah, I think France are going to be a really, really potent team and one that nobody's going to want to draw. Well, Tom, to be honest with you, uh, you have the exact... I mean, just for everyone listening, we did not really discuss, we don't typically discuss um, who we fancy. And I, Tom, did the exact same thing and came out with the exact same finalists. So there you go. go. Uh, So yeah, Portugal, France, Tom, on SpreadX, uh, I think this is exclusive. You can name your finalists. So Portugal, France, as a final, is 28 to 1. So some tasty, tasty stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to back at one of the favourites, I have no idea why you would back England over France, despite them being the same price. France are way more experienced. Their coach is more experienced. Their squad depth is better. Uh, They're definitely, as you said, Tom, more equipped now with Benzema. I see a front four of Mbappe and Dembele as wingers, Griezmann as a number 10 and Benzema as a number nine. I mean, that's frankly Mm. ridiculous, to be honest with you. it is. Um, One thing that I did notice in terms of looking at each kind of one of the favourites, pretty much everybody is poor defensively. I'd say, I'd say every single one of the big hitters, if you had to point out a weakness, it would be defence. And France, you know, are no exception for me. I'm not a big fan of Kim Pembe. I think he's pretty much riddled with mistakes, to be honest with you. Hernandez likely to be a fullback, unbelievably attacking. uh, So possibly could get caught wanted. And I personally think Hugo Lloris's best days are probably behind him. So if... Anybody of any other nation is listening and they're looking for a chink of hope, then uh, I think France's defence is the cause for concern. I'll lead us into kind of my value bet, Tom, and you don't need to be a genius to work out that it's Portugal. (laughs) Obviously, I'm going to tip them to reach the final, so they're going to be my kind of value bet. As I mentioned, they're nine to one. They're the current holders. They're actually the longest holders in history, Tom because of the cancelled tournament last year. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They'll have to do it the hard way. They've got the uh, famous group of death. There's always one every year, and Portugal are in it. And as we saw with the World Cup, there are two basically two sides of the draw. Portugal are in the harder side of the draw when you predict who's going to be going through in each group and how that, you know, that means this person, this team's going to play this team, etc. Portugal will have to do it the hard way. But their team 
is absolutely stacked of quality. And again, their mm -hmm. bench also is very, very desirable. The only thing, again, with uh, Portugal is you look at their goalkeeper in defence, Rui Patricio, probably just an average goalkeeper, to be honest with you. Pepe is 38. Jose Fonte, um, he is 36. He's just won league up with Lille. Uh, but again, you know, two two players at the back end of their career, uh, Rafa Guerrero as a possible left-back uh, spot if Cancelo doesn't play there. Again, same with Hernandez. Very attacking, possibly a weak point. But yeah, I look at these two teams, Tom, possibly with England as the third in terms of squad depth. And I think they're head and shoulders. So yeah, my kind of next best is, yeah. and my valued pick would be Portugal. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Portugal nine to one. Um, yeah, well there we go. <laughs> nice to see that. I guess if we're on the same page, I guess I kind of think from a listener's perspective, do they want us to offer something different? But we've not discussed this, and we're on the same page, so that just mm. back reinforces, I guess, what each other, what we're thinking. So well, honestly, no, that's good stuff. I think we're going to differ here because we, there's always. There's always a chance of a Greece happening. Always. Mm. So I do have a long shot tip, and I'd be absolutely amazed if it's the same as you. Do you have one? I have. Let, let me go for mine then. Okay. This is, to be completely honest, I found long shot tips, long shot tips for this Euros um, difficult. I don't think there is going to be a Greece, to be honest with you this year um i was looking at the sides on the kind of would you say the the rung below like your, your france germany spain italy portugal you know if we look at the next level down that's where i've been looking for a value tip and there's not one side who i've really been impressed with and has been outstandingly consistent and played well in big games against the bigger sides in europe uh, however i did plump for ukraine of all teams oh okay Nice. And that's okay. not that is not strong. I gotta you tell gonna, you. <laughs> are you going to give the the uh, listeners the price, or are you just going to read out Ukraine? Hundred to one for Ukraine. Wow. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That's how so, we need to know. It's a big outsider. <laughs> um, mine is not a hundred to one. They're fifty to one, and it's Turkey. So I'll get onto them more as we kind of go through the group and have a look at each team. Uh, but essentially, I think they're going to be very underrated this tournament. Joint best defensive record in qualifying. Um, they've got Burak Yilmaz up front, who is going to feature heavily uh, in this pod for myself. Uh, 35 years old, um, just scored 15 goals, uh, sorry, 16 goals on the way to Ligue 1 uh, victory with Lille. And yeah, I'm really excited about this Turkey team. And uh, same with you, Tom. I don't see this happening, to be honest with you. But I think I'm going to chuck probably a tenner on, just as an outside bet. Uh, it's always fun to mm. kind of root for an underdog. And yeah, Turkey would be my outsiders at 50 to 1. They are also on what I would call the right side of the draw as well. Yeah, I feel like I kind of got to justify myself why I picked Ukraine now as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> so go on this, I feel like Ukraine are a team that probably haven't benefited from the tournament being pushed back a year because this is a side that topped their qualification group um, and that included Portugal. 
So Ukraine win a group with Portugal. They beat Portugal in the group stages. Uh, played eight, won six, drew two, lost zero, conceded just four goals in qualifying. So they, they were fantastic. Um, and then since qualifying has finished and they've had to play a few more friendlies in the interim, um, they've not been that impressive. However, they have picked things up again a little bit uh, in World Cup qualifying. They've actually drawn all three games, probably not ideal, but one of those was a one-all draw away at France. So they have shown that they can keep it tight and they can get results against bigger sides in Europe. Um, and that was my thinking behind it. Mm. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I like the look of Ukraine as well. I've got them uh, down to to do decently well at the Euros. So I, I'm definitely not you know, saying that you've picked the worst team in the in the tournament, I can see where you're coming from. So, yeah, they're the they're the outright uh, winning tips that we have decided. Yep. So now let's look at top goal scorer. For me, there was only one outstanding candidate, and it's Big Rom, Romelu Lukaku. I think at eleven to two, that is fantastic value, and I'm on it all day. Totally agree. Totally agree. I'll read through the top five favourites for the Profit Chasers. Prices courtesy of Spreadex. Harry Kane, 9-2. Romelu Lukaku, 11-2. Karim Benzema, 12-1. Cristiano Ronaldo, 9-1. And Kylian Mbappe at 10s. Mm. Uh, yeah, totally with you, Tom. Uh, favourable group. I think yep. that is definitely something that I'm leaning towards here. I am also going to be uh, back in Lukaku. Uh, Belgium, Denmark, Finland and Russia in Belgium's group. So I, I can see Rom racking up the goals there. Again, uh, to keep repeating myself, the right side of the draw. I expect him to go relatively far, possibly a quarter, maybe semi-final appearance. Uh, so that gives him plenty of opportunities to get goals. Yeah. Uh, Harry Kane, 9-2. to two. Yes, he was the top scorer at the World Cup. Yes, he should be in the top five, but I just think England's pathway to glory is a lot tougher, and I think there's way more, way more chance of Lukaku racking up goals. I think Harry Kane yeah. has got a lot more to do. Absolutely, yeah, completely agree. For the same reasons, really, as you. Um, I was looking at the groups. Yeah, you mentioned Denmark, Russia, Finland. There's three games there where Belgium will will be expected to win. Uh, gives Lukaku every chance of getting goals. And when I mapped out the tournament, it's also saw Belgium draw Sweden in the round of 16, which again is a favourable tie for them to play in one they could easily get three or four in. And then potentially Italy, France, etc. in the quarters and semis. Um, but yeah, I think he's fantastic. I think it's a fantastic price uh, and I'm surprised. Yeah, he's not outright favourite um, because I don't think England will go far enough in the tournament for Kane to get enough goals. Totally agree. Uh, anyone else you want to throw out there at all, Tom? Yeah, I also chucked in Benzema, 12-1. to 1. Um, I think, obviously, as, as we've mentioned, I think France will win it. So the more games you play, the more chance you've got of, of banging goals in. And I think, uh, despite the fact they've got a tough group, um, I think they will probably be looking to him and, to a lesser extent, Mbappe to be getting their goals. So, yeah, I think Benzema will be up there, uh, potentially an each-way each shout, Benzema. Yeah, I mean, there are some interesting players, aren't there? So, 
For example, Tom, if I told you a goal scorer in the top five European leagues who has scored 20-plus league goals, 30-plus twice and 20-plus four times, available at 16-1, to would you be interested? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Chiro Immobile, um, who has failed to replicate his form for Italy, but the numbers at club level for Lazio are are Mm. staggering. So that's someone that definitely caught my eye. Um, (laughs) Again, I I alluded to it. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but I'm thinking if you want a long shot, um, Borak Yilmaz is 50 to 1. (laughs) 50 to 1. The romance is too much. I I can't resist this. 16 league uh, goals this season, 28 in 66 for Turkey, which is a great record including a hat-trick, Tom, against the Netherlands as recently as March 2021. I mentioned that they're gonna, I think they're going to go far. I actually had them reaching the semi-final. Bloody hell. I yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm really hot on Turkey. And I think if they are going to be, you know, doing anything at this tournament, you know, escaping the group, whatever, then Yilmaz will be at the forefront. And again, it's kind of a fun, a fun little one at 50-1. to 1. I uh, really like the look of it, to be honest with you. Well, there you go. A quarter of the odds or a fifth of the odds, you know, you're getting at least 10 to 1 there for him to finish in the top four or five scores. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I also thought an interesting prize, Lewandowski, 20 to 1. But, of course, I, I always feel with him, as good as he is individually, um, potentially Poland won't be going all that far in the tournament for him to get the goals needed. But 20 to 1 for someone who scores as many goals as Lewandowski does is a, is a big price. He's going to get one or two in the, let's be honest. It's, it, yeah, Poland probably just not going to go far enough to, to win that kind of uh, trophy. Moving on from that then. We've mentioned that we think Belgium will do pretty well in the tournament. They've got a favourable group and potential uh, round of 16 opponent. Belgium to be the highest scoring team at the Euros is 9-2 to two with spread X. Um, and that's a price I like the look of. Yeah, I'm all, all in on that. They've got some really exciting exciting front players. So, yeah, more than happy yeah. to, uh, to have a look at that one, Tom. Uh, I don't really have anything else in terms of, like, stuff like that. So, if you want to take, take it on, I'm happy. Yeah, I've just got one more. Just one more for me. And that's England to be eliminated in the last 16. Oh, that's six to four. Um, so spoiler alert, I don't think England are going to do very well. Uh, I think we'll win the group, but the curse of winning the group is playing the runner up of the group of death. So in high, it's a high, high probability that we'll either play France, Portugal or Germany in the round of 16. Um, I think France will win the group. I'm spoiler alerts all over, all over here because we're going to cover this in more detail when we get to Group F. <laughs> but I think France will win the group. I think Portugal will come second. Could be the other way around. Um, but either way, if we play France or Portugal, we're not going to win. Yeah. No, I, I hate... <laughs> I mean, I would love to come on this pod and be like, honestly, every penny you've got back, Kane, top scorer, England yeah. to win it, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a realist with you as well, Tom. I think, uh, you know, we'll talk about England next, but not totally convinced that we're going to bring it home. And that's kind of a good segue, Tom, 
mm-hmm. uh, to any England specific, well, any other England specific bets that you've got lying around? I don't really have any more, to be honest. So if you've got any, throw them out there. It's just the top scorer bet. So with SpreadX, you can bet on the top England goal scorer. Obviously, Harry Kane is the obvious one to look at at 8.13. It's something that really kind of catches my eye is Phil Foden. Phil Foden, 17-2. to I mean, this guy's just been nominated for PFA Player of the Year and PFA Young Player of the Year. I, I, I think we can expect him to start every game. Yep. I think, uh, and he's seventeen to two. I can see Kane probably getting two. I'd say maybe three. So it's a big ask for Foden, but I think if you're having a look at you know an alternative to eight thirteen, Foden or something that leapt off the page. Uh, yeah. At me. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then from a general perspective, do you agree with me, do you reckon we're going to get round 16 no further, or do you reckon we might get a little bit further than that? No, round of 16 out to Portugal. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, I think the problem for me is uh, it's probably Gareth Southgate and and the way he picks his team selection, the formation he chooses. I feel like whenever we come up against you know, a fellow big side in Europe, so, you know, your France's, your Portugal's, Germany's, Spain's, etc. Southgate always leans on the side of caution. Um, you know, we'd probably go five at the back, two centre mids in Henderson and Rice, who aren't particularly attacking themselves. Um, and I feel like England's strengths are at the other end of the pitch and attack. And I just love it for once. If we played, you know, a fellow big side in this competition and we just went, a bit more top-heavy, a bit more attacking, and actually try to take the game to them rather than to set out not to lose, you know, if that makes sense. I'd rather we went and lost 5-3 than lost 1-0 or 2-0. Yeah, for, I, I get where you're coming from. I think uh, I've seen quite a few things on uh, on Twitter. People are posting, you know, uh, five at the back and two holding midfielders. We riot. And... <laughs> And yeah, yeah, you can see it, can't you? You can see it. He's definitely conservative. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with you there. And I just think inexperience is massive. I mean, England has the second youngest average age uh, in the tournament. And in 2018, when we did so well, you know, we had players like we had Vardy, Walker's obviously still there. Uh, there were a lot more. There were a lot more. There were a lot more experienced players this time round. People, players yeah. that have been there and done it. And this squad is really exciting. Bellingham, Sancho, Rice, Grealish, Foden. Like it, it's honestly exactly what you want as an England fan. All these exciting players. But uh, I think the World Cup next year is is something that we should be. Should be not expecting to win, but we should be expected to reach the last four at least. I just got a feeling this is a year too soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, so shall we go into the groups then? Yeah, Group A: uh, Italy, Turkey, Switzerland, Wales. So what we're going to do is we're just going to have a couple of minutes on each team, just say whether we think they're going to go far. The you know, what we like about them, what we don't like about them. We're not going to uh, hang on to each nation too long, uh, but we are going to go through each team. So 
Tom, uh, you can take two of the sides and I'll take the remaining two. So you can take it away, mate. Well, I'll leave you turkey. You know, I don't, I don't ah. want to take turkey from you. <laughs> yes, thanks, buddy. Christmas all over. <laughs> so I've got Italy to win the group here. Um, one to two for Italy to be the group winners. Italy are a, a team who are always fairly reliable in tournament football. Now, this is an Italy side who, under Roberto Mancini, they've been in good form. Um, you know, they've won seven consecutive games, keeping clean sheets in every single one. And, you know, they've not played the most fantastic teams in European football. But you've got to go back to 2018 till Italy last lost a game. You know, it's, it's been a good spell that they've been on internationally recently. So, for me, yeah, although I don't look at their squad and think, you know, world-class player, world-class player, world-class player, world-class player. They've got a lot of players, I'd say, are probably very good. Seven out of teners. Yeah, exactly. But the the thing is with Italy, you know, I never fancy them in any tournament. And they always do so well. Yeah. Always. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever looked at... A, I mean, 2006, looking back in with hindsight, they had an incredible side. But, you know, it's just... You never fancy them, and then they always end up quarters, semis, yeah. final, winning, whatever. So yeah, Literally definitely. Before you know it, they're in the bloody quarters, and they've yeah, they're exactly. Just yeah. <laughs> and they've got Adair up front, and they're somehow making it work. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree. Um, I'm gonna save the big crescendo for the end, uh, Tom. I'll take Wales. Yeah. So I'm really worried about the Welsh. To be honest with you, I think it could be possibly a zero point campaign for Wales. Uh, they've got Robert Page uh, in charge due to Ryan Giggs being Ryan Giggs. Uh, he's dealing with assault this time rather than uh, dealings with brothers and sisters-in-laws, etc. So yeah, Robert Page in charge. I mean, I, I don't want to write this guy off. His previous experience, I mean, you put him up against Mancini. For example, 67% win rate of Italy. Robert Page has managed Wales under-21s, Port Vale and Northampton. So I'm not saying this guy can't reach the top or he's not a good coach, yeah. but I'm just saying compared to you know who he's up against, it, it's night and day. I look back at 2016 and I look back at how well Wales did to get to the semi-final. Well, that's incredible. But Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale, you know, five years on, they're nowhere near what they were back then. The new crop of talent looks pretty championship, to be honest. Dan James is probably the exception. And yeah, I mean, their travel schedule is is healthy. You know, it's, it's worth mentioning, Tom, that with each side, you kind of have to have a look at their travel schedule. We probably should have mentioned that Italy will play all their home games at home in Rome. So that's a big positive for them as well. Wales are doing Baku, Baku, Rome, which is actually favourable when we get onto uh, onto the other sides. But yeah, really worried about Wales. Think that they could possibly finish bottom with zero points. Yeah. Um, the team that I don't think will also do too well, uh, but probably beat Wales is Switzerland. Um, so I think Turkey will probably qualify in second place from this group. Yeah, Switzerland are a team who, you know, they've got players that we all know, such as Xhaka, Shakiri, 
etc. Fabian Scher, Ricardo Rodriguez. But I don't look at Switzerland and see too much danger. If you drew Switzerland in this tournament, you'd be pretty happy with that, I feel. Um, they're very inconsistent on the international stage. They can easily swap aside teams you'd expect them to beat. You know, Georgia, Gibraltar's, Bulgaria's, Lithuania's, etc. But whenever they come up against Spain's, Belgium's, Croatia's even, uh, they tend to lose. Uh, Ukraine's, they've lost against in the Nations League. So I just think when the standard of opposition gets up to bit, Switzerland tends to, their real quality tends to shine through in it. Unfortunately, I think, um, yeah, group stages where it's at for Switzerland with potentially a best third place shot. I think that's got to be the aim. One thing, Tom, that, that I noticed in my research that really kind of put Switzerland up against it, in a space of eight days, they've got a game in Azerbaijan then they've got to fly to Italy, play a game in Rome. Then they've got to fly back to Azerbaijan and play another game in Baku in the space of eight days. And that's basically unfair, basically. Um, you know, I, I'm, all, I'm all for this idea. Obviously, it was pre-COVID. You have to say that. I'm all for this idea of this travelling tournament. I don't know how fair it is that Italy and England and these teams get to play all their games at home and then... Switzerland have to fly in and out of countries and train and, you know, rest and all that in the space of eight days. I think it's really harsh. So, yeah, I'm not expecting much. Uh, yeah, I, I think the idea of the tournament being held across Europe, in principle, it's a lovely idea. Lovely. But logistically, it, for the teams involved, for the fans, it's an absolute nightmare if you're not a host country. Or host yeah. city, um, so yeah, I'd I'd much prefer it to be in like one country or join. Yeah, host definitely. City two, you but... know, if it's in Italy, for example, you know, the worst case scenario is you got to go from the north to the south. Yeah. you know, a couple hours on a plane, whatever. But yeah, yeah it's uh, Switzerland have been absolutely screwed over, to be honest. All right, yeah. Turkey. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so Turkey, just. You know, I was just having a look at their team. I just think they'll be underrated, Tom. As I said, joint best defensive record in qualifying. They conceded three. Un that's unbelievable. There's loads to like about this team. Uh, Soyun Chu is probably the, the outstanding centre-back. And then the third centre-back, Demiral Kabak uh, from Liverpool or Ayan, all playing in top five European leagues. Uh, Kahanoglu at AC Milan, nine Serie A assists. He's always dangerous. He's a bit of a bit of an inconsistent performer, but you know he's really going to have you know the pressure on him and the freedom to to be himself and try carry this Turkey side. And you know I'm not going to repeat myself about Yilmaz, but they do have you know um, outstanding goal scorer at European level this season. Um, their schedule's good. They play the first ever game at Euro 2020 away at Rome, which is obviously going to be tough. But then, you know, even if they lose that game, they've got back-to-back -back games in Baku against Switzerland and Wales. And I think that's where they'll they'll get the job done. Um, yeah. They've got the youngest average age squad at the competition as well at 25 years exactly. So really exciting times for Turkey. Uh, yeah, I just... I just like the look of them, and again, not to repeat myself, right side of the draw. 
it's just it's really important um well, i'll tell you what concerns me or kind of i find to i look at turkey's recent results and i'm talking in the last year here mm -hmm. and i see a lot of threes <laughs> occasionally i see fours um and that's sometimes in the goals for column and sometimes in the, it's in the goals against column <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. this is a team who could easily it seems score three or four as much as they could concede two, three, or potentially. Yeah, remember, four. they got the joint best defensive <laughs> record in qualifying. So that's yeah, when it's since really qualifying, since qualifying. Yeah. Come on, they've conceded three to Latvia the other month, and that yeah. concerns me. That concerns no, me. No, Soyun. I checked the team. Soyun Chu is injured. They they didn't have Kabak. No, we're all good. <laughs> no, listen, there are definitely holes in Turkey. Let's be real. But it's. I think it's. Number one, it's kind of nice to root for someone that's not a European heavyweight. And number two, it's, you know, part of this show is trying to find... If we if we tip France, 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 France it'd be boring. So I'm just picking yeah. Turkey out as my outsiders. The prices are decent. This is to be eliminated at this stage. So... Last 16, 17 to 10, quarterfinals, 9 to 2. Probably the most realistic. If you're crazy like me and you have them down for semifinals, 10 to 1. Okay. Yeah, I had them for the quarters. Well, Tom, SpreadX will give you 9 to 2. Okay, nice. I was thinking they're exciting, aren't they? What we want from a tournament is we want goals, we want excitement, we want drama, and I think Turkey are definitely one of those teams who can bring that. So I'm all for it. You know, I hope they do well. I hope they win every game four three. Well, yeah. If they do, then you know I'll probably retire because I'm gonna have a fair few quid on them. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's have a look at Group B, Tom: Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Russia. Take it away. Again, same thing. Pick two. I'll pick up the last two. Well, no surprises. Uh, Belgium, we've we've spoken about how we think they'll do well. All show how we think Lukaku can finish as a top scorer. 8 to 11 is the price for Belgium to win the group. I think it's a beauty. Um, in Denmark, Russia and Finland, I don't see them having too much problems um, getting minimum seven points from that. I'm thinking you beat Russia, you beat Finland, uh, you should beat Denmark, but you could get a draw against them. Um, yeah, 8-11 to 11 for Belgians win the group. But obviously, Lukaku, they've got a fantastic striker in the prime of his career, banging in goals season after season. Um, I don't think they have quite enough to go all the way. I do look at them defensively and think ageing. Uh, you know, you've got Alderweireld, Vermaelen, Vertonghen in the squad. Mounier is not exactly getting much younger, neither is Castagna. Um, I think, yeah, defensively they, they worry me a little bit. But going forward, you know, Mertens, Lukaku, De Bruyne, Hazard, etc. Uh, I think they've got enough about them to to get to the quarters or the semis. But I certainly think they'll win this group. Um, I, I said to you the other day, didn't I? I feel like Belgium have kind of wasted, uh, yeah, they've wasted their, their golden generation, really. Mm -hmm. um, Hazard's, you know, had a couple of poor seasons at Madrid. Obviously, Vincent plays like Vincent Company aren't there anymore. The defenders I spoke about, Odeverald, Vermaelen, Vertonghen, they're not getting any younger. They're all well into their 30s now. And I feel like 
this is kind of the back end of the Belgian golden generation, uh, but it is good enough to get to the quarters or the semis. Yeah, and there there are players available like Yuri Tillemans and Jeremy Doku and Lukaku and Courtois that are still going to be you know either coming up to world class or are going to be world class for the next couple of years. But yeah, Tom, it's funny you should mention the defenders. I did the average age of all the central defenders, and it's thirty one point two. They mm. only have Jason Denier uh, of Leon, who is in his twenties. Everyone yeah. else is minimum 31. So, yeah, definitely. I feel like if the game's played in front of them, these guys might be all right. They'll head and they'll mark and they'll they'll be fine. But as soon as it's in behind, I think you'll see a yeah. lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Belgium, it's... I Yeah, Roberto Mithtinez, as I like to call him. I've never been convinced by him. And I think they're <laughs> qualifying um, stats. 100% qualifying record. Uh, they won every single game. Goal difference of plus 37. They conceded just four. And you're thinking, wow, that, I mean, Belgium, let's get involved. Their qualifying group was Belgium, obviously, Russia, Scotland, Cyprus, Kazakhstan and San Marino. They beat San Marino 9-0. So I, I'm not 100% sure we can go off that. Uh, no games at home either for Belgium. I feel like they've had Batshuayi and Benteke in their squad for Belgium for absolutely years. Well, they have. I feel like there yeah. must be better strikers out there in Belgium, surely. Are they yeah, not? Yeah, surely. They, I mean, those two probably scored, what, less than 10 goals combined over the last yeah. two Premier League seasons, I, yeah. I'd say. All right, well, let's talk about... Tom, I'm going to take Finland. Okay. Interesting concept with Finland. It's the first ever tournament. Um, led, obviously, by Norwich City's Timu Puki, uh, who has, Tom, got 15 in his last 18 internationals for Finland. So it's a spooky party. <laughs> it is. They definitely uh, rely on him, and, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I was having a look at a couple of the stats. Four of the last five Euro debutants have made it through the group. The last of which, of course, England fans don't need reminding, was Iceland. And I don't think Finland are going to get battered, to be honest with you. Um, I, I still do think they'll finish bottom of the group. But I, I, do you agree with me, Tom? I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to get absolutely mauled here. I agree. I think, I think they'll they'll put up a fight. They'll be pretty sticky to play against uh, in qualifying they were there were a lot of games on fine margins that they managed to ride so good for them but you know obviously the the level has increased dramatically uh for finland and you know i i like timu puki i think most people do but you know you have to also have a look at the fact that this guy apart from a patch in the premier league last season well, the season before, the one that's just ended, it's essentially a championship striker going up against you know international defenders. So, yeah, um, not 100% convinced they'll do much, but I also don't think they will get you know, completely destroyed by anyone, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I agree. I think, I think they'll, they'll probably finish bottom of the group. But, yeah, I don't think they'll be embarrassed by any means. Mm -hmm. They are. I mean, I was going to read out a couple of uh, a couple of odds, but SpreadX has them down as 3 to 10. 
<laughs> to um, <laughs> go out in the group stage. Last 16, if you want to go down that debutant route, uh, for them to go out in the last 16 is 7-2. to two. You know, it's one of them things, isn't it? I feel like the Euros presents an excellent chance for teams like Finland to actually get through as a, a best third place team. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've got what six groups of four teams, four best third place teams go through. So you know, if, if Finland can potentially get a result against Russia, uh, steal a draw against Denmark, you know that gives them an excellent chance of being one of those third place yeah, teams. Yeah, definitely. So I've got a forecast for us. Um, it's a straight forecast. It's Belgium to win the group, Denmark to finish second. It's nine to five with spread X. I think that's how it will go. Then, yeah, Russia and Finland can fight it out for third place. Um, Denmark have only actually lost twice in the last three years. Uh, both of those two losses have actually come to Belgium, who they will play in this group. So, Denmark generally, apart from when they play Belgium, seem to do pretty well. Uh, they've won eight of the last nine games, uh, the one loss coming to Belgium. So, yeah, I think they're a, they're a decent outfit. Uh, no superstars, really. In the team, just a lot of solid, decent players. Um, yeah, I think they'll get the job done against the lower and like kind of fellow middle ranking sides, um, which we've seen. We've seen them go away to Israel, win 2 0, go away to Austria recently, win 4 0, uh, beat Iceland 2 1, beat Sweden 2 0. So they're beating similar stature sides. Um, so I think they've got more than enough about them to, to beat Russia, potentially beat Finland as well um, and get that second place uh, in the group. I like it. I like them. They've got a strong core. That's what I looked at. Schmeichel, Simon Kier, Christiansen, Delaney, Hoiberg as goalkeeper, centre-backs and uh, mm. centre-mids. Very strong. Um, so, yeah, really like the look of Denmark. I also think that they will finish uh, second. Uh, they're 2-13 to 13 to qualify. So, they are heavily fancied. They are. Uh, Russia, I, I, 2018, Tom, cash your mind back. We've been doing the pod since 2017. 2018, I told you I didn't like the Russia team. And home advantage carried them to the quarterfinals. Uh, four years, well, five years on. Wait, hang on, I can't do bloody Three. <laughs> Three years on. Um, the team that I didn't like is three years older. It's there's not a lot of new talent that I'm aware of. You know, feel free to get in touch with us if I've if I've missed a trick here. But I had a look at the at the Russia squad and you know I tried to read as many articles as I could about them. No one seems overly excited about Russia. The only thing that's going to save them is they've got two games at home, and they are their COVID situation allows them to have a fifty five zero capacity crowd fifty percent. So that's a lot of fans, Tom. That's 30,000 if they play in their stadium in Moscow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, the only thing that... I think if Russia played all their games and none were at home, I would have them bottom, possibly below Finland. Um, but they've got two games at home and that makes them a tiny bit more dangerous for that third spot. But Yuri Zhirkov is still playing. He's 38. Bloody hell. Yeah, <laughs> Juba, who seems to be like this Russian footballing legend who look, just looks absolutely crap every time I watch him. He's older. Manuel Fernandez, 
the you know born and bred Russian. The the other fullback is thirty six. It's just I think this Russia team is really poor. Mm. Yeah, not good. I agree. I agree. So let's move on to Group C. Um, you want to kick us off with Group C? Yeah. So we'll go through who we've got. So we've got the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. So I'll leave Ukraine to you, Tom, because obviously yeah. you have them down as your hundred to one kind of fun long shot. Uh, so I'll take the headline act in the Netherlands. Not fancying the Netherlands, to be honest with you. Not a lot going on for me. Um, I had a look at their squad. Remembering, this is their first major tournament since World Cup 2014. They failed to make two tournaments in a row. 21.6% of the squad is domestically based. Now, we know that the Eredivisie is a great talent factory. Uh, I'm just not sure if that, you know, that level of player can take you to European glory. Uh, yeah. You know, it, there are great players that come out of it and they do have world-class stars like Frankie de Jong, etc. But that worried me. Uh, no Virgil van Dijk is the headline absence of perhaps the entire Euros. Um, arguably the best defender in the world won't be at the tournament due to his injury. Frank de Boer in charge, poor at Palace, poor at Atlanta United in the MLS, and was the first ever Dutch manager to lose his first four games. He doesn't strike me with any confidence at all. They keep clean sheets in just 50% of their games. They're, they're very leaky. And they're playing, I mean, the only positive is they're playing all their games in the group stage at home. So they do have the kind of, home field advantage there but yeah the Netherlands are someone that I am concerned about and I expect I expect them to go through I expect them to win this group I think this group is it's pretty delicate to be honest with you um but yeah I expect them to go out in the last 16 or the quarters which sounds great but you know this is the Netherlands we're talking about and it's not exactly vintage on paper uh, last 16 is 13 to 10 quarter final is 14 to 5. Yeah. Outside of the players you've mentioned, like Delic, De Jong, uh, Van der Beek, Memphis Depay, you know, there's not much there in that squad. Wijnaldum, you know, to shout about, really. Potentially could be exciting if they play some of the young players like Daniel Marlon. I think big things are expected of him. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think generally, in terms of qualification, they'll get through. But Will they go too far beyond that? I'm on, I'm on board with you. I don't think they probably will. Let's talk about Ukraine then, uh, my 100 to 1. So kind of outline some of the reasons for that earlier. So just to reiterate, I was impressed by the fact that they could beat some of the bigger squads. So beat Portugal um, in qualification. Uh, they recently drew with France, won all away from home. Didn't lose in the Euro qualifying. Top the group, conceded just four goals. Um, you look at their squad... There's not too many names that stand out at you. Zinchenko and Yarmolenko are the main ones. Uh, Payatov from Shakhtar and Malinovsky from Atalanta are the other two. A lot of players uh, domestically based play for Dynamo Kiev or Shakhtar. Uh, but yeah, I think defensively, Ukraine are a team you can expect to have solid foundations. This isn't a team that's going to go beating teams 3-0, 4-0. This isn't a Turkey 
They're probably the complete opposite to a turkey. You know, they'll keep it tight, more like how Greece did, grind it out, one nils, potentially two nils. But yeah, this is a Ukraine side who could upset a few teams. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, I'm kind of going to give you the, the two middle teams, Tom, because I, I want to talk about North Macedonia. Uh, of course I do. Why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so the newest country um, at Euro 2020. Uh, it's also their uh, tournament debut. And I think it's fair to say they're the team that the least is expected from. I do think they're going to put the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit. And I do think they'll get maybe a point, maybe two points. Uh, I look at the, the Ukraine game somewhere where they could get a draw maybe Austria which Tom's going to talk about you know they're, they're possibly beatable but we are asking a lot from the lowest ranked side uh, at the tournament led by Goran Pandev uh, North Macedonian legend he's 37 uh, he's got 117 caps and 37 goals this is across North Macedonia and Macedonia as they were formerly known one to watch Tom uh, Elgif Elmas, he is a 21-year-old attacking midfielder for Napoli and he signed him for 19 million euros in 2019 and he bagged a goal in their recent friendly this week. Likely to, from what I've read and from what I've seen, he's likely to start behind Pandev in you know the kind of support role and he is their... He is their kind of Grealish, their Foden, you know. He's the, the young yep. attacking talent to, you know, have a look at. In terms of tips for Macedonia, I don't really have any outright tips for them, but something that I'm probably going to be looking at the price of are things like Ukraine to win, both teams to score, or the Netherlands to win and both teams to score, something like that. I just think Macedonia, you know, they're no mugs. They're, they're here for a reason. and. You know, they'll, they'll get a couple of goals and they've got to be respected. Their manager, Igor Angolovsky, has his record, Tom. And bearing in mind, this is for North Macedonia. 22 wins, 10 draws and 16 defeats. I think that that's pretty creditable, to be honest with you. That's good. Yeah, yeah. 22 wins, 10 draws, 16 losses. Yeah. For a team like North Macedonia, I think that's got to be respected. And like I said, Likely to go out in the group stage, but we'll bang a few in and, yeah, I'll be rooting for them. Okay, well, that leaves me with Austria then. Um, They played North Macedonia in qualifying and Austria actually beat North Macedonia twice, uh, 4-1 and 2-1. However, Austria are a team that I just, you know, (laughs) they've got a few players of of note in there. Uh, Alaba of Bayern currently about to be of Real Madrid. Uh, Marcel Sabitzer for Leipzig, uh, Marko Arnautovic, who probably a lot of us know from uh, the Premier League. But they're a team who sometimes very good. You know, they can comfortably beat teams like uh, Romania's, your Norway's, draws with Poland, but then throw in absolute wobblies and lose against teams like Latvia, lost 4-0 to Denmark recently, uh, drew with Scotland. It's a team who lack consistency. Um, I don't think they'll trouble too many people in this tournament, to be honest with you. I don't have too much to say on Austria, to be yeah, honest. Fair enough. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be in the uh, they're gonna be in the shout for the third place. 
I imagine, yeah. uh, especially with, you know, the Austria, Ukraine, North Macedonia three and Netherlands being one of the weaker, you know, inverted brackets, big countries. Um, the price isn't up yet. SpreadX do have the market, so the price is coming. But something to have a look at is Alaba to be Austria's top scorer. Uh, he plays as like an attacking roaming eight for Austria. Uh, he takes penalties and free kicks as well. So uh, something to have a look at. But yeah, not much to say about Austria, is there? Right, so let's go on to Group D. England's group. So England, Croatia, Scotland and the Czech Republic. Uh, do you want to talk about England? I guess we've kind of already covered them, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. The only thing kind of left to talk about uh, is obviously all the games are at Wembley and possibly all but one. Don't ask me how it worked. I spent at least 15 minutes trying to find out <laughs> which game is not going to be at Wembley, etc. But all but one um, if they went all the way. Uh, the only thing worth noting, Tom, they did lose away to the Czech Republic. Uh, it was their only defeat in qualifying. Obviously, the Czechs are in our group. Uh, we lost 2-1 in Prague. We did beat them 5-0 at Wembley as a little kind of revenge win. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we scored 37 goals in the process. As we mentioned, I don't think we're concerned about England going forward. It's England at the back, I think. Yeah. Absolutely, four to nine for England to win the group. Um, I think, I think they will, but there are probably better things to bet on. For example, Belgium at eight to eleven to win their group, I think, is probably better than England to win at four to nine to win our group. Way better. I think this is, you know, I don't know what what the rest of Europe thinks to England, but I just think this is kind of classy England being overhyped. To be honest yeah. with you, do what I'd be interested in, like bookies internationally what their odds are for uh outright winner yeah i wonder if england would be yeah joint favorites with a french bookie or a german bookie. yeah yeah i doubt we would hmm. i don't know interesting anything else to say on england or do you, do you want to move on not really let's move on let's talk about scotland so scotland at 11 to 10 to qualify and i was kind of thinking of having a little nibble at it to be honest <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, they've only lost two of their last 14 matches. They've been on a decent run of form. Uh, as we record, currently drawing one all away at the Netherlands. So, decent result for them as it stands. One of the main reasons why I like the 11-10 to 10 for Scotland to qualify is that I'm looking at the best third-place teams. We're in a group with Czech Republic, as we've, t- as we've spoken about. Scotland have actually recently beaten Czech Republic twice in the Nations League um, in September last year and October last year. So the fact they've done that double home and away against the Czech Republic will probably give them great confidence that they can again beat them for a third time at the Euros. And if you get three points, that could be enough, you know, depending on what your goal difference is, to get you that third one of the third place qualification spots. Do I think they'll come second? Probably not. Do I think they'll lose to England? Yes. Do I think they'll lose to Croatia? Probably. Potentially could get a draw if they play well. But yeah, I, I think Scotland at 11 to 10 is a bit bigger than I thought it would be for them to to go through in some capacity. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure. I, I can I can see the third place. Um, I can see where you're coming from. Put it that way with the third place yeah. playoff. The only thing that worries me is is their goal scoring. Uh, che Adams is a brand new Scotsman uh, <laughs> for the tournament. So he will be likely leading the line. If it's not him, it's going to be Lyndon Dykes, who had a on-off season with QPR. Um, Ollie McBurney is ruled out uh, through injury. I'm just not sure where the goals are going to come from. The, the one thing that I'll look at, and again, SpreadX will have this price available because the market is on their website, is John McGinn to be their top scorer. He's got 10 goals in 32. He was their top scorer in qualifying. He takes free kicks and penalties. It's definitely worth having a look because by design, and um, for Villa, he's a kind of box-to-box centre-mid. You know, he's not known to be an attacking midfielder, so hopefully SpreadX miss a trick and we can uh, get a, a chunk of value. But I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Havetska, Croatia. I mean, we got a bit of a rivalry with Croatia, haven't we, now? I feel like we always play Croatia. <laughs> we always play them. The notable games, obviously, when they stopped us qualifying for the Euros. They then beat us more recently in the World Cup semi-final, which is obviously a way bigger deal. And they're just, they're just one of those sides, aren't they? Um, they've got some aging stars, such as Modric and Lovren. And Rakitic and Mandzukic retired after 2018. This is similar to Belgium, where we are at the back end of this kind of golden generation of Croatian football. Um, they do have a couple of players that still should be respected. Rebic, Perisic, for example, Kovacic, Kramaric, Brozovic. Uh, Livakovic, the goalkeeper, that they've got still the nucleus of a very, very dangerous team. I, I strongly fancy them to finish second. I don't see either the Czech Republic or Scotland um, troubling them. And to be honest, Tom, it's probably worth maybe having a look at Croatia uh, winning the group. England, as we mentioned. We like them, but we're not 100% on them. Croatia are 7-2 to two to win the group. I think that's a good price. To qualify, they're 1-3, so pretty short, but I understand why. And yeah, I'm, I'm fearful of Croatia. That despite their kind of, you know, they've got some world-class players and they've got some players I've never heard of. It's a very mixed bag for Croatia, but I think they're to be respected. No, not for me. No, not in the not in the fact that they shouldn't be respected because they should, but I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll beat England. I don't think they'll win the group. Okay. If we don't beat Croatia, I'll be I'll be disappointed, because as you say, this is a much different Croatia side. You know, much older, uh, with a lot more new players coming in. Uh, I mean, the old guard are older than we played in the World Cup in 2018. You know, I can handle losing to that, but not this, not to this Croatia side. Oh. Okay, so a little bit of uh, disagreement there. I think that's healthy. Right, so potentially another thing you might disagree with, you might see where I'm coming from, but I've got Czech Republic to go out in the group stage. So 21 to 20 is the price for that. Uh, this is a team who I've already said have lost to Scotland twice recently and will be playing Scotland again. 
uh, a team who you said have lost to England 5-0 recently and a team who I don't think are better than Croatia. You know, there are some players that we know, uh, Vidra, Schick, um, Kufal, uh, who else they got in there? Suchek. Suchek, of course, Suchek. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from those few players, um, I don't know who half of them are, to be, blue, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Um, yeah. I don't know who half of them are. Their recent record doesn't inspire me whatsoever. Um, generally, no, not for me. I think they're going to go out in the group stage. To be honest with you, Tom, uh, the reason you might not know many of their players is because 55% of them are domestically based. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, unless you're an expert on Czech football, uh, yeah, you're not going to know who, who half of them are. So, yeah, I, again, a couple of decent players, right? Sprinkled with unknown domestics. And, yeah, yeah poor records against England, even though they did beat us. And, it's particularly Scotland, does not bode well. Nope. Right. Group E. Um, who we got here? Poland. We, yeah. Go on. Yeah, so we've got Spain, Sweden, Poland and Slovakia. I think this looks like a bit of an underrated, tough group, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, Spain I'll let, are interesting. Yeah, I'll let, well, that's a good segue, Tom. I'll let you take Spain if you want to talk about them. Yeah, um, a few interesting points, I think, from Spain. So UEFA have allowed everyone to take a 26-man squad. Spain have chosen to only take 24. Um, why? So if... Do you know why? Because <laughs> I've looked everywhere for a reason. Luis Enrique said, we don't want to take any more because we want everyone to have a chance of playing. And we know that only around 18 or 19 will actually play. So he doesn't want to take players that aren't going to play, essentially. Right, OK. Sorry. But okay. what about like a Tottenham Hotspur lasagna gate? What if they all get food poisoning? Uh, but anyway, carry on. Hey-ho. Uh, first time ever as well. I think that Spain have not had a squad with any Real Madrid players in it. Mm-hmm. So certainly was a talking point when the squad selection came out. And I feel like this is, you know, this is a squad who have... Some players who are very, very good, littered with, you know, youth, some just very average players. So I don't really know what to expect from them. The herring goal, uh, Laporte is switched his allegiance from France to Spain, which is a big boost to them. Uh, Aspilicueta's there at the back as well. Thiago Alcantara in midfield with Coque, Ferran Torres that we know, Rodri, um, Morata up front, Ayosa Bayal from Sociedad. I think there's a sprinkling of a decent core there, but is the squad good enough? I don't really know what to expect from them, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they're a weird team because they're in transition, but Luis Enrique has a win ratio of 61%. Mm. They're playing all their games at home in the group stage. And yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to pinpoint where they're at. You know, are they in transition? Are they, I mean, their record recently, Tom, World Cup 2014 out in the groups, Euro 2016 and World Cup 2018, round of 16, gone. This was kind of like Spain of old before they went on and dominated international football for God knows how long. That's what they always used to do. They always used to come to tournaments and then just go out in the round of 16. Um, So, yeah. 
I also find it pretty hard to pinpoint where to go. I feel like, yeah, a lot of the teams, well, not a lot of the teams, but the, the bigger teams, I could probably tell you with a fair degree of certainty what their first choice 11 will probably be. I ain't got a clue what Spain are going to line up with, to yeah, be honest. It's true. It's true, yeah. It's, uh, they're definitely <laughs> transitioning into... It's kind of getting away from the... I mean, Spain of old was Barca and Real players yeah. with like the occasional Villarreal lad at left-back, like Cap de Villa or whatever. Yeah. But, but now it, it's a lot more spread out. Um, I'm going to take Poland to talk about. I, I kind of like the look of Poland, and then I kind of don't. Like I, I again, this is a team, another middle packer, very similar to kind of Switzerland, Sweden, which Tom's going to get on to. Uh, you know, all these kind of Ukraines and Austrias. I feel like if these lot had their own tournament, I wouldn't have a clue who'd win. To be honest with you. <laughs> so Poland did. Top their qualification group by six points. It was probably the weakest group available. I can't believe this was a group. Poland, Austria, North Macedonia, Slovenia, Israel and Latvia. No, no disrespect, you feel like you're missing a big side in there. Yeah, that's what I mean. I did my research and no, Poland were like the, the seeded team. So I don't know how that works. But anyway, they won it. They qualified by six points, absolutely waltz into the Euros. Uh, they lost one away game to Slovenia, 2-0. Uh, that was their only loss in qualification. But, Tom, their qualification, and I'm going to absolutely butcher this, was under Yertsi Brzezicek. <laughs> and Yertsi was sacked due to his style of play. And he was replaced with QPR and Swansea former manager Paolo Souza. So, again, another reason where I have no idea where to land this Poland side, because everything I just read to you, topping the group, doing this, doing that, it was under the old manager. Now they've got Paolo Sosa, and I don't know where they're going to go. Obviously, he's been brought in to play good football, so does that mean they're going to compromise on results? Like, I have no idea what to do with them. When you've got Lewandowski, you've got a chance. I kind of want to tip them to finish second. I kind of want to tip them to finish third. It's it's a complete mystery. It's <laughs> a complete weird. mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery. That's such a, like a club football mentality to sack a player, sack a manager for uh, the style of play, especially when you just topped your qualification group. Yeah, yeah they absolutely waltzed it and he got, yeah. got sacked. Weird. Anyway. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I'll cover Sweden then um, briefly because this is a team who could potentially... Squeak second if Poland aren't up to it. Um, Sweden, I think, will definitely fancy their chance of getting one of the third place uh, qualification spots. They're a team who can, like a lot of these middle of the road European sides, blow very hot and cold. So we've seen them, you know, beat Croatia, lose to Croatia, beat Finland, beat Kosovo, who are a decent enough outfit, but also lose to teams like Denmark, uh, get battered by Portugal concede four against France um yeah no Zlatan Ibrahimovic either from this squad uh gonna have Alexander Isaac 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 I think Isaac <laughs> Isaac said in my best Swedish accent leading the line um yeah I I don't expect too much from Sweden potentially 
round of 16. Um, don't have too much in terms of notes on them either. Yeah, massive, massive uh, head-to-head between Sweden and Poland, I think, for second. And then, uh, yeah, possibly a third place as well. Uh, Kulisevsky, the uh, Juventus winger, uh, kind of broke through the team the last 18 months or so. Really exciting attacking talent is someone I'll have my eye on. And the only thing, Tom, that you didn't really read out that worries me is Pontus Janssen versus Robert Lewandowski and Pontus Janssen versus Gerard Moreno, Ferran Torres, whoever Spain mm-hmm. decide to play up front. I'm not a fan of uh, Pontus, to be honest with you. I think that's a bit of a weak point, even though he will be next to uh, Lindelof, who you know, just finished second in the Premier League. Uh, okay, you've left me with the desirable uh, segment of Slovakia. Uh, so I'll go through the Slovaks. They finished third in their group for qualification. So they had to go through the playoff and then they beat the islands. They beat the Republic and Northern to book their spot. Uh, I'm not convinced by that because I think this is one of the worst Republic of Ireland squads, if not the worst in my lifetime. I was born in 1990. Uh, Northern Ireland, again, not traditionally a great side. Uh, obviously, they lost Michael O'Neill. Not exactly hit the same heights, and understandably so, since. They've got a bit of solidity. They've got Dubravka in goal and Skriniar, the uh, Inter Milan centre-half, uh, kind of protecting the doors, but Apart from that, it's worrying. Marek Kamsik is still their, probably on paper anyway, their biggest attacking threat. But at 33, he's playing with Gothenburg in Sweden. And prior to that, he scored four goals in 42 games in the Chinese Super League. So I think it's fair to say that Marek's best days are behind him. In terms of statistics and looking back to his... Prime, he averages a goal every 4.8 games for Slovakia. And then, you know, maybe he's got one moment of magic left. I don't know. He's 33 now. The under markets could be a good direction for Slovakia. Again, mentioned Mm -hmm. they've got possibly a world-class centre-back. I've not seen him enough to comment, but, you know, he's linked with every Tom, Dick and Harry, isn't he, Skriniar? And Dubravka, they've got a good Mm -hmm. Premier League goalkeeper. And going forward, as I said, it's still... Hamsik, it's still Vladimir Weiss, etc. Um, again, like Belgium and Croatia, this is probably Slovakia's golden generation, kind of slowly dwindling, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of lot of aging names as well. Okay, well, uh, one price I had down Poland and Spain as a reverse forecast. 11 to 8 for Poland and Spain to qualify from this group, uh, either first or second, any order. Nice. We're getting there. Group F, final group. Final group. France, Portugal, Germany, Hungary. Tom Pipkin, take it away. Well, may as well briefly box off France because we've already spoken fairly lengthily about them at the start of the show when we both picked them to win the competition. Um, quality all over the pitch, particularly in an attacking sense. Benzema, Dembele, Griezmann and Bappe, the standouts uh, with Kante and Pogba in centre of midfield. I think, yeah, you know, we've spoken about how good the squad is, the fact there's goals everywhere, uh, very good in attack, you know, defensively. 
their defenders are even attacking. So, yeah, I think France will go a long way in this tournament. I had them 6-4 to four to finish as group winner. Nice. Uh, I'm going to take Portugal just quick because, yeah, we just mentioned them before. Uh, likely, I think, to finish as second place in the group. Uh, they are 3-10 to 10 to qualify any method. So the book, their odds on pretty strongly. Uh, yeah, midfield and attack is absolutely mouth-watering. Diaz aside, a few holes defensively. They're hoping that Pepe or Jose Fonte can, can give them one last tournament performance. Mm-hmm. It's worth mentioning that Pepe, uh, Euro 2016, Ronaldo said that he thought he was the best player at the tournament. And even at 37, 38, we saw him put in one of the best Champions League performances this season. Uh, against Juve for Porto, so uh, yeah. may not be a bigger problem as we as we think. Uh, I think reverse forecast I had here, so France and Portugal to finish either for first or second, any order in the group is eleven to four, so just under three to one could be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Germany and Hungary then left to cover. Um, I don't just want to leave with the scraps of Hungary. It's all right, I've got it. Don't worry. You can chip in with Germany. This is uh, Joachim Löw's last tournament in charge of Germany. So I've seen a few things, articles flying about. Is this going to be go for it? You know, shackles are off, no pressure. He's leaving anyway. Is he just going to go for it with this Germany squad? Because... You look at their team on paper and they've got some decent players still in here. This isn't like the German golden age, but, you know, you've still got very capable players. Kimmich, Kroos, uh, Muller, Havertz, Werner, Nabry, Gundogan, uh, Leroy Sane. You know, in midfield and attack, they, they do have very, very capable players. If Germany were England's last 16, of, 16 opponents, I'd be fairly happy with that. But, yeah, I think... I think this is a German side who shouldn't be written off. Portugal and France will probably have too much for them. Possibly. One of the one of the things to look at is again Germany at home or the games in Munich with fans. For example, France have games in Hungary and obviously Germany to play Germany. Um so yeah, Portugal and Hungary will be in Budapest. So, you know, 50%, I think, is the, is the capacity for Germany. So that's something to look at. And yeah, that, I mean, put those four into some kind of front three, Nabri, Werner, Sane, Havertz. That's so exciting. And for the record, I'm a Timo Werner fan and I'll be putting money on him to score 20 plus next season for Chelsea. Hungary, there's always a team in a group of death that, you know, they they seem like they're there for the taking. And I'm not here to to give their case for qualification. But I think they need to be respected. Um, two of the three group games are at home. That will help in front of fans, of course. And I don't know a lot about their squad. But I know that they've got Soboslai, Orban and Glaski who play for Red Bull Leipzig. So that's a goalkeeper, a centre-back and a winger attacking midfielder. They're a Champions League club and a runner-up in the Bundesliga and they've got three players from there. You know, you have a look at North Macedonia, for example. They don't have that. Slovakia, 
they don't have that really. They've got Skriniar possibly. You know, you have a look at the the weaker sides, Finland, for example. They don't really have that. So what I'll be looking at from Hungary is lots of lose both teams to score. So Germany against Hungary, for example, Germany to win, both teams to score. I think yeah. they'll get on the score sheet and they'll ruffle a few feathers and you know, it, why why not why not have, you know, hopes of grabbing that uh, third place. You know, they could possibly get a result against Germany. I, I don't know the you know, they're going to uh they're going to be up against it, but you know, I, I wouldn't write them off entirely. They're not whipping boys, I don't think. No. Okay, yeah, I agree. So that is that, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Uh, a bit of a bumper edition. So hopefully you stayed with us right to the end. Uh, as we mentioned, daily Twitter tips, T underscore FB podcast to keep up to date with them. And another show come in previewing the knockouts and probably looking stupid when Turkey finished bottom of their group. But we're really excited for the Euros. Hopefully you stayed the duration of the show. It's a little longer than usual, but it was a bit of a bumper preview. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. And thanks to SpreadX for sponsoring us as ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you again for our round of 16 and beyond show. It's coming home in the round of 16. It's coming home, maybe in Qatar, maybe. <laughs>